You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 89 with Michael Cooper. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast. Where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome everybody. Today I have with me Michael Cooper or Coop and Coop is an internationally recognized executive coach, advisor, facilitator and trainer who specializes in working with executive teams to develop the leadership skills, alignment strategies to grow and thrive in constantly changing environments. His passion is helping entrepreneurs, executives, and leadership teams overcome the self-limiting beliefs and personal issues to reach their potential by addressing interpersonal challenges, defining their purpose, and gaining team alignment, and developing strategy, systems, and processes to execute their vision. Welcome to the show, Coop. Hey, thank you so much, Taylor. It's great to be with you. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. So, self-limiting. Before, before we get into that... What are as many self-limiting beliefs that uh, you see with a lot of entrepreneurs? It's amazing what people carry around with them. When I say carry around, literally they're walking around with beliefs that are limiting in lots of ways. So I am unlovable or I am unworthy or I am hideous or a monster or um, I can't support myself. Those are all common beliefs of people that I've worked with in, over the past 15 years. Okay. Now, now, would it be fair to say that you focus on a lot of right brain entrepreneurs? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm a right brain entrepreneur myself, and I worked in a corporate environment for a long time and, and just didn't feel like I fit in or didn't want to fit in either way. Um, <laughs> and uh, learned that... I have a particular skill set and a, and a framework that most corporate environments or most large company environments don't embrace. And so there's a whole bunch of us, about 15% of the population are called right brain entrepreneurs. I call them innovators and influencers, but we process information um, a particular way. We have very similar blind spots, uh, that sort of thing. So 
right brain entrepreneurs are out usually the ones changing the world creating change making an impact trying to make a difference mm-hmm. um and they're they're my people they're the people that i resonate with the most you know it's funny i, I um i went through a, an exercise and some of the adjectives that came across for me were untraditional and visionary so it sounds like so with things outside the box it sounds like that's what you're describing with a uh, with a right brain over there yeah, and what you're trying to do with your show and, and making a difference with your difference is, is absolutely in alignment with the right brain entrepreneur's mindset. Hmm. And some of us out there are saying, okay, right brain, I'm talking right brain. What is a left brain uh, type of person? <laughs> it's funny. It's an old construct. We know now from neuroscience that left brain and right brain isn't what we thought it was. Um, we haven't come up with a better frame or term for it. Um, But what it really means is right brain is typically people that use and rely on emotion more so than left brain. Left brain was much more objective or data-based or fact-based. And so we're people that are really driven by our emotions. We want to do something that we're passionate about and interested in and um, we want to help other people. It's it's very uh, much emotion-based versus just facts and data and uh, objectivity. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So the, when you talk about fact-based and emotional, um, I'm very emotional, and <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm thinking about the millennial generation as a whole. I, you can't obviously categorize them in, in one type of uh, way, but a lot of what people say about our generation is that we, you know, we're very collaborative. We're, you know, entrepreneurial. We think in a certain way. Do you does your innovators and influencers model work for a lot of entrepreneurs and mindsets? Yeah, well, innovators and influencers, that 15%, there'll be 15% of the millennial population are also um, innovators and influencers. So um, it would be a subset of that. But what I, you know, I do a lot of work with organizations in understanding millennials. And recently I just did a, a keynote for a company, and they have 400 employees, and I walked them through the shaping factors of each generation, the value set that each generation had because of how they were shaped in their um, adolescent teen years and subsequently how they approach managing and leading organizations. Um, And the reason this company asked me to come there is because they're 51% millennials. And what most organizations are are discovering is that millennials very much want to have shared decision-making. They're much more informal with their style. They have different ways of actually making decisions and working. And a lot of organizations aren't prepared for... Uh, the change that's happening that millennials are having on their organizations. Huh. No, that's very interesting. And with with, with uh, millennials, how many times do you see us getting into our blind spots and using that self-limiting beliefs to... Um, I wish I'd, I, I... To be honest, I've done this for so long and even the most successful people you've ever met, um, if you if they allow you to get into their psyche and really know what's going on we all carry limiting beliefs even the most successful the most famous the most powerful people in the world part of the human condition is having limiting beliefs so you could be a supermodel but still think that you're hideous as an example um i was working with um i was working with a stand-up comedian not too long ago and she had the belief that she wasn't funny Yet she was on stage every single night, killing it, making people laugh. But she had this limiting belief that she wasn't, you know, she wasn't that funny. And what it did was it actually drove her 
to get better at her craft, but at some point it has diminishing returns. And so that's what we were working on is identifying that as a limiting belief and clearing that. So all millennials, all every generation definitely have limiting beliefs and that usually comes from when we're younger. Um, either something one of our caregivers or close friends or um, even classmates might say. Um, and then blind spots, Every there's four different brain types and each brain type has, um, what I've been able to observe is seven specific blind spots for that brain type. Seven specific blind spots for the brain type, okay. All right, Can you, uh, what are the seven? Yeah, so for innovators and influencers, um, one of the things that we really don't do is, what well, that we try to do is, we try to do too much. Most of us will have, it's, you'll, you'll note that most innovators will have slashes in their title. They'll be music producer, uh, radio host, um, as entrepreneur, author, speaker, that sort of thing. And so most innovators and influencers attempt to do too much, uh, try to take too much on, try to create too much impact, that sort of thing, without focusing properly. And just they can't make impacts in all those areas, but they're, they're trying to do too much at one time. Okay, you try to do too so much at the first time. So you try to do too much at the same time. That a lot of innovators... Yeah, try to, they always try to take on too much. The second real blind spot for innovators and influencers specifically is they avoid structure and numbers. And so a lot of people, they, they feel like structure is too confining or they, they don't like routine, but some structure or the right amount of structure actually provides a tremendous amount of freedom. Um, and they also avoid numbers. I'll, I'll give you an example. I was working with an um, entrepreneur recently and he'd been in business for 12 years. And uh, his finances were a mess. He had back tax issues. There were all sorts of problems with his business. And when I finally got him to figure out how much he needed to make every single month to stay in business, he was shocked because for the last 10 years, he had actually under-earned and never realized it. Hmm. So by avoiding that structure and those numbers, he was actually setting himself up to, and he finally admitted he was going into debt by owning his business. Wow, that's that's a pretty significant change. It is. Um, the other, I'll go through some of the other blind spots relatively quickly. We start lots of things, but we're not great at finishing things. So for innovators and influencers, that often means we need to partner and learn how to partner well with people who are great at finishing things. Okay. Uh, most of us have lots of unfinished projects, things that we get really excited about, and then we lose interest in the details, in the polishing, in the completing of things. And so if you want to make an impact, if you want to create you know, programs or processes or things to sell, you've got to be able to finish them in order for those projects to be successful. And so partnering with finishers is one of the things we have to learn how to do well. Um, we also see potential everywhere and in everything. Uh, which is a lovely trait and characteristic. But because of that, if it's particularly for entrepreneurs or even managers of companies, if we see potential everywhere, we often hire people based on their potential, which is a really fantastic thing to do if you have the time to mentor and train and coach and really teach them how to do something. But if you're hiring for potential and you're, let's say you're in a startup and 
you don't have the time to mentor and train and coach, then you shouldn't hire somebody based on their potential. You need to hire for proof of competence. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, and I can relate. You know, sometimes we tend to be bad hires because we um, we don't put in you know the amount of uh, training and orientation that we have that we need to in order to develop the year. <laughs> so, yeah. So the other thing that really ties into that is most innovators and influencers are great at selling themselves, and we often sell ourselves above our our capacity or capabilities. And so, if we do that and people hire us for our potential, we set ourselves up for a lot of stress and a lot of failure um, because. We can, we're very convincing that we're really interested and passionate and do something, even if we haven't done it yet. True, 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 true. No, I'm, I'm just nodding my head through all this because as you're saying this, uh, a lot of these are uh, resonating with who I am. And, and what I'm re- really hearing is that you help people tap into that untapped potential that they have. And you've found, you know, with all your level of experience, you know, you're working with a stand-up comedian. I imagine you work with people across several industries. Um Probably some of them have even given you non-disclosure that you can't mention their names. But oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the most surprising leaders um, all have insecurities, um, and, and it's uh, it's interesting listening to you here that um, you know the 15 percent of the population, as you described, uh, are have the potential to change the world. But sometimes, if we let that limiting beliefs take over, we won't be able to uh, be that potential uh, great leader that we could be. And if we don't really look, really understand what our blind spots are, we stay stuck. Okay. Um, and, and that can really get in our way. So how can we understand the blind spots? I mean, is it going through your program or what are the, what are some actionable steps that we can do, we can take? Well, I, hopefully I'll have a book about this sometime soon. I've actually finished the first, first draft of it. But um, the best thing to do is to do some research. There's a lot of research out there about right brain entrepreneurs that sort of thing. My website, which is innovatorsandinfluencers.com, also has lots of information there. Um, but the, one of the toughest things about blind spots is people can't see them. And so one of the things I'm doing with the book that I'm developing is actually walking people through the process so they can actually see their blind spot and how it's impacting them. Once you're able to see it, it's much easier to do something about it. Um, but a lot of people, you know, if I tell you you avoid numbers and structure, you might say, yeah, okay, kind of, but which numbers and structure are you actually avoiding? And most people draw a blank at that point. Hmm. So you'll need to work with someone who's either really good at this or do a lot of research yourself, that sort of thing. The one thing with blind spots is, you know, it, it, because they are, we are blind to them, um, often they are under the radar and we're not even aware that, they're, that they exist. Huh. That's uh, no, it's it's so interesting because a lot of the content on the platform and what what we do is, you know, we try and focus on the building global leaders. Um, what is through educating you know others about what it's like to live in different worlds and and you know cross cultural communication. But uh, I mean, yeah. here listening to you, I'm thinking about different ways some of these concepts can translate ac- across cultures. Because I you know when I when I grew up, a lot of times. I was the minority everywhere I went. Essentially, that's a badge I wear everywhere I go. Only Nigerian, only this, only that. Uh, youngest, oldest, whatever. Um, and it, 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 beyond just the normal 
typical, I'm, you know, I'm the youngest of all that, I would always think, how does this translate across this culture? Would they take me seriously? Would they do that? You know, am I just like talking to myself or am I overinflating or underrepresenting myself? And these are thoughts that always came across uh, my head. And, you know, my biggest role model is Nelson Mandela. And I, I love Oprah as well. I, and I, I look at them and I think these people are able to be big inspirations to people across continents. And I always wonder sometimes what it is that they had uh, or they discovered early on. Maybe not early on. Nelson Mandela uh, had... <laughs> a lot of time in prison but um what is they discovered to really resonate with people in different parts of the world so uh, do you have any insight to that yeah it's interesting i've been doing a lot of work with people recently around worthiness and feeling like um they have personal value and you just to take your your instance when when you said you're the minority everywhere it's uh, lots of people carry beliefs that they are unworthy in some way or less than or different or weird, uh, particularly if they are innovators and influencers or if they're right brain entrepreneurs. And so, Teo, just to take your example, you said you're the minority everywhere you go. If you have that belief, that framework, um, in your psyche, what that translates to is you're different, you're less than, you're weird, you don't fit in. Um, which is a worthiness issue. And so anyone that you look up to that have a global platform or they're wildly successful in ways that Oprah and Nelson Mandela have been, um, they may have had worthiness issues earlier on in life, but by the time they reach the world stage, they've overcome those worthiness issues. That's the only way they could have the platform and the exposure is if they felt and believed that they were worthy for that. Hmm. So it's it's they had overcome it for at an at an earlier stage in life or at some point in their life, um, and, and I think with Oprah she had to come to terms with her personal demons. Uh, with Nelson Mandela, he had a lot of time in jail to really think about um, you know the way he could unite South Africa, and it wasn't through um, revenge or bitterness. It was more through like you know doing the unconventional thing and actually working with uh, you know with people that put him in jail uh to bring you know to bring about peace so doing yeah just think about that you're in jail and you know you've been jailed because of your belief system most people would use that as a way to either get angry or revenge that sort of thing but he turned that around he wanted to unite an entire country think about the worthiness it takes to have the audacity to even think about uniting an entire country, right? Yeah. Most of us don't believe that we're worthy, worthy enough for the jobs that we have, uh, much less taking on the responsibility of an entire country. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Who's your favorite leader? Who are your, who are your role models right now? Or your paragons of excellent leaders? Well, the, I, I really base my leadership off of people who... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And have fun. And so um, Richard Branson is probably one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, I, I just love what he's done and the style that he has. And he brings a little fun uh, to everything. I also love that he's really trying to help entrepreneurs now. Um, so he would probably be my number one. I, I read lots of folks like Warren Buffett, and you know, on the on the objective side, the finance side, the leadership side. But I would say Richard Branson probably sums it up the best for me right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, okay, and uh, I want to go back to you. When was your lowest point? When did you realize that? Hey, I can't do this anymore. I or maybe no, that's a limiting thought. When did you realize <laughs> that you were doing too much of that and decide to pivot and really change? Uh, change the game really and, and come up with innovators and, and influencers and really dive into the research and you know help others do the same well I've been a coach for a couple years and I, I ran into a friend um, after I had a, a, an illness and I was pretty depressed and um, I was doing a lot of corporate work and I just didn't enjoy the work I was doing at that point and my friend had been uh, studying something called life purpose work and he needed a, a client. And I jumped at the idea because I thought anything would be better than what I'm doing at that point. And um, I found out by through this exercise that my mission is to illuminate the world by helping people learn to access their wisdom and trust themselves. Hmm. And ever since that point, I rearranged my business to do exactly what I like doing, what I'm good at, and uh, really focused on innovators and influencers because that's my type. And I struggled in so many environments because I thought I didn't really fit in or I couldn't contribute in ways that made sense to me. Um, right. So that was really the beginning of it. And that was uh, about uh, 10 years ago now. Oh, wow. And then it's been all she wrote since then. It's it's definitely been a wild ride since that point. <laughs> what about um with with uh, right brain um entrepreneurs and innovators and fifteen percent? Sometimes building relationships, personal relationships, can be difficult. Um, uh, I have um, some friends who are some of my, my brightest entrepreneur friends always talk about you know how it's 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 okay to succeed in the in the, in one sense, the professional sense, but they can never seem to hit it off in the personal sense. Whether it's romantic type relationships, for example, is um. Is there some disconnect there, or, or I don't know. I don't know if there's any scientific proof that people who are so wired to being visionaries can't really work with other people in the personal sense, or give enough time to to um, I guess uh, other human beings who would be significant others. So the the fascinating thing about innovators and influencers is that. And this is something that I don't know if I want the whole world to know, but it's one of those things we have to admit about ourselves, is that we actually view other people as concepts. Um, and we're great at connecting with people or right in front of them or even when we're writing to them or presenting, um, but we're not great at relating uh, otherwise. Um, if they're, it's, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. Um, people who are really great at relationships 
in my framework it's called the nurturer harmonizer that's one of the four brain types um, one of the characteristics of that brain type is they worry and think about people when they're not in our presence and most innovators and influencers get really sucked into the moment we're focused on either whatever we're working on or the per person right in front of us and so we are great at relating over time even to the people that that mean the most to us hmm no, I, and I had a feeling that you would say that, and I'm always curious about you know why sometimes even some of the geniuses in the world have a hard time relating to uh, just relating, you know, in a, in a normal sense. Because it's one thing when you're on, you're on, you know, you could be in an interview, you could be on a stage, you could give this most magnetic speech, and then once you once you get off, it's like a switch goes off, and it's like ah. <laughs> And then it's, uh, you know, it's always, always something I've been fascinated by, but I have n no research or any scientific backing behind that. So it's just One of the things, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt. One of the things about innovators and influencers is we, are, we live in the world of ideas and concepts. And when we have to switch out of that world to have small talk or just relate one-on-one, -on -one, if we're not talking about something that's either fascinating to us or conceptually seductive to us, uh, we have difficulty in that relating piece. Okay. And so the people around, like if you can probably really grok with your other entrepreneur friends or uh, inventors, that sort of thing, anytime, you could probably have great interactions with them. But the people who aren't in the world of ideas and concepts, you have difficulty relating to probably. Okay, I hear you. What about uh, intuition? Intuition is something I have. I have a lot of, and a lot of times I operate on my, on my gut. More times than not, it's ser or served me right. Um, but you know, has it ever served you wrong? <laughs> yeah. Now you're gonna. Uh, has it ever served me? I can't think. I mean, I can't really remember. I don't remember the times that it served me wrong. Unless you're gonna count a time when it said I should go ask a girl out for a number, and maybe she turned me down. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's. <laughs> Maybe that, that that's one thing that I can think of, but uh, other than that, I can't really remember any other. That's Are you sure that was your intuition talking then? What else could it have been? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, you know, you could have been a lot of other things. You're right. You're right about that. that now that I think about that, there, there could be many other factors there. But usually, you you know, that's a good question you ask me. Intuition sometimes it's it's whether to, to launch a website to to talk about cross cultural development and really you know, raise awareness about issues that are affecting millennials and, and people in the world and, and just not be afraid to be PC about it or to say use your difference to make a difference, whether it was stuff like that. It, that came out of being fired from a job I, I you know, I was I was working at and then I, I I was finally out of excuses and I said, you know, look, you're fired, this is the lowest you can probably be. Um, why don't you just start what you've been talking about for years now? So, you know, that was an intuition then but I can't remember any time it served me wrong, but I, I imagine a lot of um, right brain thinkers operate on intuition. Yeah, not only do we operate on intuition, but often those flashes of brilliance that we get when we get an idea or a concept or a product or that sort of thing that comes to us, that's often um, intuition. It happens in a split second. And um, one of the things I do with many of the, particularly the designers that I've worked with in the past, and I've worked with, you know, one of the top 50 designers in the world, TED Fellows. Um, I've worked with Royal Society for the Arts Fellows. Um, 
is really helping them tune into and trust that to intuition because often, particularly if they're in consulting or that sort of thing, that's what they're selling. Um, I can tell you that you know I'm great at a coaching process, but what I'm really great at is um, listening to my intuition and allowing my mouth to open and say whatever needs to come out before I know what it's going to be. Hmm. And so right brain entrepreneurs, most of them really rely on intuition. Some, some people don't have a great connection or don't trust it. Um, but if you find anybody who's talented, creatively, artistically, that sort of thing, um, they are often using intuition more than anything else. And so I help people develop that. Okay. All right. And then, um, no, I think you're right in that sense where it's, you trust your because you have to get to the point where you trust yourself. And you, I think you said Richard Branson. It makes perfect sense. Richard Branson is the perfect example of the untraditional entrepreneur, someone who just was operating on pure intuition. Where they started with a magazine to to launch many companies that are not related to each other in any way, and it's like you know, but they still work because he had that vision and he operated. He, he saw something before others did. So, yeah. ah, okay. And um, now, he has, now he has over 200 companies. He has over 200 companies? 200, yeah, 200 and some. I don't know what the exact number is now, but uh, and, in the last book I read of his, he had 200. And Necker Island. And, ne- <laughs> and Necker Island, yes. <laughs> um, okay, do we, do we also operate uh, in the past or in the future? Or do we have some abstract idea of, of everything else but the present? The fascinating thing about time, and there's one of the brain types uh, that we haven't talked about, it's called the controller manager type. And um, that type is amazing with time and, and uh, time planning and time management. Um, right brain entrepreneurs and, and innovators and influencers, we, we don't, um, it's not that we say in the future, we often are consumed with ideas that we'd like to create. So most people think there's a future focus to that. But we actually um, tend to lose track of time. We're not great at managing time. We're not in touch with time a lot of times. And so I wouldn't say that we're in the future. I just say the the land of ideas and concepts that we live in um, usually is timeless. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And the last one that I would talk about would be, well, there are two things I want to talk about. You said some of the problems that we might have would be overreacting to circumstances and uh, manufacturing interpretations. (laughs) (laughs) that goes back to to work called um it's called the 12 core dynamics of common problems or human problems and it's pioneered by a guy named tom stone and uh then one of my mentors thomas leonard and they trace everything back to three main problems one is uh, mistaking need for love the other is manufacturing interpretations um, and the other is the one you just said. What, what did you say? Yeah, uh, it was uh, overreacting to circumstances. Overreacting to circumstances. And so those three uh, branch into nine other ones, three each, uh, to create this 12 dynamics. But anytime someone's suffering, upset, not really happy, um, this works as a, we're doing one of these three things. We're either overreacting to circumstances um, manufacturing interpretations or mistaking need for love. And so if you think about 
when you've been upset, when things haven't been going well, have either of those three things been present? Um, and this is something that they, they recognize as part of how we operate as humans. It's not that we can't necessarily stop doing those things, but once we're aware of them, we can interrupt it in the process or we can choose to do something else. Okay. But it is built into how we experience the world. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And if there's anything I've learned today, is, is that you know we need to be really we need to trust the intuition. We need to trust our intuition, become more mm-hmm. aware, and do things that make us more aware of, of what our limited beliefs are, and then work on the framing. Right? You need to frame certain things different ways because I think there's power in how we frame things. There's a difference to saying I suck at this or I will be better at that. You know, in two weeks. Absolutely, framing's yeah. important. And then, um, and then, if am I missing something else, or I'm just trying to do the takeaways here? No, I'd say ultimately, what I do, particularly with right brain entrepreneurs, the bottom line is I help people trust themselves more. And part of that is accessing their wisdom, learning to trust their intuition, learning how they're holding themselves back, and and actually changing that, reframing, and also clearing limiting beliefs. Um, But the biggest fear of innovators and influencers is lack of respect. And the most work that most of us have to do is on respecting ourselves, really listening to ourselves, respecting what our limits, uh, our limitations and our wants and needs and desires are, and also what our real gifts and talents are uh, instead of what we've been taught or learned over the years. That's very interesting you say that. Now, in a, in a platform that commands respect, say you get a keynote, you've, you've done several speeches, and um, you get recognized because you're an in, in, innovator and an influencer. And one of the things you said, sometimes innovators and influencers can't really, they have so many things going on in their head and they can't put that into one cohesive manner. Um, and, you know, and I've been to some speeches where the people are smarter than they appear on stage, and I've been to speeches where they are just as smart as they appear on stage. How do you, you know, command that into a cohesive manner? How do you make sure that even though you're right brain, you command and you, you reach an audience that's not just right brain, that's everybody, and it also gets the point across? Well, I think you have to, in order to reach everybody, you have to understand that the four different brain types um, have different information needs. They also have different um, attention spans. Um, they have different fears um, and different stressors. And so if you know all those, you can use all those and craft those in ways that allow you to, um, like if I'm speaking to your motivator, so for innovators and influencers, it's flexibility, recognition, and impact. Those three things, if I talk about those three things, and you can talk about those in a million different ways, your brain forces you to pay attention. When I talk about other things that you aren't motivated by, your brain allows you to switch off stop listening to me and tune me out and so masters of you know giving presentations that sort of thing they know all four types they weave the information needs and the motivators for all four types into their their narrative um, and they can really hold the entire audience in their hand the whole time Hmm. love it okay all right and where can we find out more about you because uh, this is all fascinating stuff, and I know it would take a lot of time to digest everything, but I, I want to know. I want to give the audience a chance for them. Because you don't just do individuals. You do organizations. You do entertainers. You do all sorts of people. 
Yeah, I've, I've been really lucky to work with a, a vast array of people over the last 15 years since I started this business. Um, but my website is innovatorsandinfluencers.com, uh, all spelled out. And, um, of course, with all websites, it needs to be updated. Um, but I'll be adding more information over the next several weeks as well. Okay, okay. Innovatorsandinfluencers.com. And I'm guaranteeing you guys that is a lot of information here because, you know, I've been scrolling through as I was prepping for the interview and even while through the interview and there are, there are many, many concepts that obviously make a lot of sense but it, it's one of those things that you have to be really reflective about um, and uh, do some uh, introspective uh, investigation. So, I, you know, I appreciate the time you put into creating such a resource. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. Well, Coop, we always ask our guests this question. <laughs> where, I mean, not where, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Um, I'm lucky enough to have found out about 10 years ago that I was, I didn't fit in and I have this knack for helping other people who realize they don't fit in, um, figure out how to be successful on their own terms. And so, um, I'm, I'm very lucky and fortunate to have found that and, and really designed my entire business around it. Okay. 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 And you, yeah, and you certainly do that by, uh, accentuating it, celebrating it. And also using that to make uh, to show people how they can make an impact. So it's without a doubt you're like this ambassador for innovators and influencers all over the world. So that's it's definitely and you help them recognize their blind spots. So that's amazing thing. Um, can we download a book? Is there? Do you have anything that we can do? I know you say you're working on a book, but is there something we can do I, to support in any way? Uh, but not yet. The book should be out hopefully this fall. This fall. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully. Um, when it comes when it comes out, I'll be able to do to share it out within my networks. But I would love uh, for all you guys to check out innovatorsandinfluencers.com. He's got amazing resources once again, and then um, you know maybe you could even be one of his uh, his clients, and uh, you could be speaking at his conference. I see him doing a lot more than a book. I hope you have like an innovators and influencers conference uh, sometime down the line where you have all these people coming to speak and workshops and whatnot. But it's just an idea. It works. <laughs> I like the idea. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 